0: everybody, it's another Al Cotullo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer for this last week in July, hard to believe August, on its way, and the year is flying by. Fate of the Faithful from Greta Van Fleet, Starcatcher is the name of the new album that came out uh, just last week. I cannot wait, I'm going to get to see these cats again at the uh, See Here Now Festival uh coming up in September in Asbury Park and unfortunately there are no tickets available for purchase so uh, I think you have to go on a waiting list or something and um you know maybe there's an opportunity uh where you might be able to go where you probably going to have to pay a lot more money so I'm excited to see them along with a lot of other the killers uh Nathaniel rate uh, rate lift in the night sweats it's going to be uh, just a great saturday down in Asbury Park coming up in 20 minutes Pua Alan she is the founder of Beer to National She's going to join me on the program. This amazing woman uh, and her husband, they secure contract brewing deals for international breweries to have their beer brewed and sold in the United States. It is a great story. It is what sh- it what is the story of a lot of people that leave their home and come to America and make something of themselves and create a business that succeeds. And, and that's... This is one of the things I love. It's, a, it's, a reason why, it's one of the main reasons why I do this show. Yes, it's about beer, but it's also about small business and about how small business is the lifeblood of America. And, yeah, you know, we all buy stuff from Amazon and the big box stores and stuff. But keeping a small business alive and maybe paying a little bit more for something, it, it's just a wonderful feeling because it's my, it's my belief that no matter who you are, no matter what education you have, you can do anything that you want. I mean, obviously, you can't be a lawyer or a doctor unless you pass tests and whatever. But the majority of careers in this country, you can be anything that you want. If you put your mind to it, you work hard, you know, you can make it happen. And th- this is, you know, one of, you know, a million stories out there. But uh, Pua is a friend. I met her last year with the uh, Japa Sarasaria, uh ladies uh, from Brazil. And, uh, she just has, she just got, she has a great story and I can't wait for you to hear it, uh, in about 20 minutes. All right. Before we dive into news and there's plenty of it, um, what is the perfect beer head, right? Every time we're pouring a beer into a glass, a lot of times people say, Oh no, 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 Don't put foam on it. Don't put head on it. No, no, no. I'm not getting, I'm not getting what I paid for. But do you know that, um, the beer head is very important. We've talked about this on the program before a long time ago the The head on on a beer is very important It's important because it helps in the digestive process. It's the reason why if you have foam in your beer, you won't get so bloated when you're drinking beer when when you're pour, if somebody's pouring you a beer and there's no head to it it's all carbonation that builds up but um it You know, as uh, uh, AmericanCraftBeer.com has explained, a beer's head is intrinsic to the drinking experience. It's part art, part science. doesn't happen accidentally. Um, The trapped carbon dioxide forms bubbles when you pour a beer, creating that familiar inviting layer of foam that we call the beer's head. But each time a bubble bursts, it releases aromatic particles that enhance your beer's smell as well as taste. That's why you want that foam in there. So as the bubbles are bursting you're getting those different aromas. It's why we detect certain things in certain beers, right? Um, different types of beer produce different levels of foam, all tempered by the brewing process and its ingredients. The key to a beer's ability to generate foam and retain carbonation lies in its mix of ingredients. Barley, hops, and wheat contain a certain type of protein that is highly hydrophobic. Hydrophobic means it repels water, which also happens to be the number one ingredient in beer. These repelled proteins then attach themselves to the carbon dioxide bubbles that creates a coating around them and ride them to the top of the brew creating a layer of frothy foam. Hoppy beers tend to deliver uh, have that have stronger heads, thicker, more stable foam, but other components can also impact the quality of a beer's head. There uh, there is certain metals such as zinc um, they can have a uh, positive that can have a positive effect. Dark beers like stouts are rich in su- sugars and high in meladonin Uh, or or Malodin? Malodin, excuse me. And, and, you know, could give you a thick, complex head. Think Guinness, right? Um, uh, That's, you know, part of the the whole Guinness mystique. And beers with a higher alcohol content tend to have less foam, as alcohol tends to break it down. It's also important that your glass is clean. A dirty glass creates oils and stuff and affects the taste of the beer. That's why they always say, don't use a perfumey soap. Use a neutral soap uh, to get rid of... Uh, those oils on the beer glass uh, so that you have a clean glass when you're drinking. So um, Frem Brewing sort of nails the process perfectly. Start by tilting your glass at a 45-degree angle. Pour your beer, targeting the middle of the slope of the glass. When your glass is about halfway full, straighten it and continue to pour in the center. This technique helps control the formation of the foam, giving you a just right head on your beer, not too much, not too little. remember that the glass you use can influence head formation and retention a tall narrow glass is often a good choice as it renders the ability uh, as it reduces excuse me as it reduces the ability for co2 to escape so um, these are all great tips and thank you for american beer uh, Americancraftbeer dot com for uh, laying it out um, sometimes you need a little education on how to pour beer. It's important those things are important all right let's dive into some news um Lost Tavern Brewing, Hops for Hope. It's coming this September, uh, September 23rd. Uh, They have made an announcement on their Facebook page. They had a meeting with uh, the Hellatown Borough Council. Um, They're pleased, beyond excited to share the news. Their annual pediatric cancer fundraiser, Hops for Hope, growing yet again. They'll have more details out soon. Um, They have an incredible list of breweries that are going to be at the event uh, come the 23rd. Bolero's going to be there. Brick City. Twin Elephant, District ninety six, um, you know the the usual cast of characters. Source is going to be there. It's going to be an amazing time. Again, it's September twenty third. One hundred percent of the ticket and sponsorship proceeds are donated to fight again one hundred percent donated to fight against pediatric cancer. They've raised over seventy thousand dollars for pediatric cancer. This is an awesome event. Tickets have not gone on sale yet, though they will soon. As soon as we get that information, we will get it to you probably on our social media accounts. But you definitely want to be there at this event. There's two sessions. I usually go to the early one. Uh, It is just an absolutely great time. Lost Tavern Brewing in Hellertown. Very easy to get to from New Jersey. Straight run up 78. uh, Get off at the uh, Hellertown 412 exit. Um, When you get to the bottom, if you've ever been to the casino, it's along that way. When you get off that exit, you make a left instead of a right. You travel maybe two and a half minutes, three minutes down the road. The brewery's on your right-hand side. Uh, There is parking available. It's a fantastic event. I cannot wait uh, for September 23rd. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Flight Co. Brewing, in honor of their one year of calling their for- the former Stapleton International Airport Control Tower home... Uh, aviation-themed flight uh, company Tower BrewPub hosting an anniversary weekend complete with a drone show and a fundraiser. This takes place between August 19th and the 21st. The signature event is Saturday, August 19th, coinciding with National Aviation Day. It's a fundraiser for the iHeart Flying Foundation, which provides flight training scholarships to aspiring women pilots. Tickets are 100 bucks. They include dinner, drink tickets, door prizes, and access to on-site games, including golf simulators, axe throwing, bowling, mini-golf, and arcade games, they're going to have a drone show on Friday evening from 9.15 to 9.30, free and open to the public. Um, they will have uh, the weekend caps, caps off with Family Day on Sunday. Wings over the Rockies will be bringing their drone soccer pitch. There'll be a B-25 simulator as well as face painting, balloon animals, and more. Uh, it is a, fan- a great fundraiser. They've done it for a couple of years now. Um, or actually, no, this is only they've done it one year, but they've done it, it throughout the, the brewer's uh, existence. They do a... a bunch of fundraisers. Uh, You know, obviously the background of the brewery, deeply rooted in aviation. Two of the three owners uh, are pilots themselves, uh, and they love giving back to the community. So this is cool. So this is taking place August 19th through the 21st. Uh, The uh, the drone show is Friday night. The simulator of the B-25 is on Sunday. Uh, It is going to be uh, a great day if you are in the Colorado area and speaking of Colorado uh, before we wrap things up here Mockery Brewing uh, which opened in 2014 said this past week that uh, or last week that it will be closing its doors uh, after nine years um, and sharing our little corner of Denver with thousands of amazing people we have decided to raise our arms in victory and ride off into the sunset uh, we will be celebrating everything that has been mockery over the ne- next month wrapping it all up with a farewell party on Saturday August 12th Please come out and enjoy one last beer with us and let us toast some of the best friends a brewery could ask for. Um, this was found, The brewery was founded by Zach and Rachel Rabin. Uh, their goal at the time was to brew half of their beers in adherence to the 15th century Bavarian beer purity law, the uh, Rheinskabut, uh, which forbade brewers from using anything but water, barley, and hops in their recipes. The other half of the brewery's beer would make a mockery of the law by using fruits and spices and other flavors and ingredients. They've done a bunch of different beers over the years, including brewing a portion of a beer in a 10-gallon kettle while floating in a 12-foot inflatable raft down the South Platte River uh, through Denver. Uh, Rayburn told the Denver Post the closure is a culmination of factors, including rising costs, construction in the neighborhood, um, among other things. Uh, They follow 10-barrel brewing and Epic Brewing, which closed in November and December of last year, both located in the Rhino neighborhood as well. Four other breweries have closed or announced their closure within Denver City limits in 2023, while three have opened or reopened Another three are under construction. So, again, we're seeing a lot of, of closures here in the beer business, and a lot of it has to do with inflation, folks. It, it, it is uh, real, it is here, and it is affecting the bottom line of a lot of people. When we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world, including how the brewers and people who work at Anchor Brewing are trying to save the brewery. That's coming up next on the Alga Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <music> One minute we're here, the next one we're not The clock is ticking, better use what you got It's Armageddon and we're getting it on Because the world could end before the end of this song There'll be darker days, there'll be hell to pay But until then, just keep breathing And loving life, we're loving life We love it so much that we want to live it twice We're loving life, we're loving life, oh, yeah. we're loving life. It's like a pizza, and we want another slice. We take it high, we take it low. We ride our roller coaster anywhere it goes. We're loving life, we're loving life. We love it so much that we want to live it twice. Really nice. We're loving life. All right, coming back at you here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, loving life. New one from Bare Naked Ladies. Boy, I haven't, I, I'll be honest with you, and I know we have to, we got a lot of news and we got to dive into it, but um, I have not really followed Bare Naked Ladies for a long time, ever since Stephen Page left the band. I loved Stephen Page's voice. I'm Not that I'm not a fan of Ed Robinson, um, but I, I just was a bigger fan of Stephen Page than I was of Ed Robinson. And I thought a lot of the songs that Stephen Page sang, I thought were more um, soulful, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, but I go way back, Bare Naked Ladies, back to the early '90s when they first came out. Met the band uh, a number of times. They're awesome. That's a great song. It just played uh, recently in New York. Maybe the next time they tour, if they tour next year, I, I would have to go and uh, see them again. It's always a fun show. Coming up in ten minutes, Pua Alan. She is the founder of Beer to National. She's going to join me. This amazing woman secures a contract brewing deals for international breweries uh, to have their beer brewed and sold in the United States. That's coming up. Uh, shortly. Now, we talked about the whole thing with Anchor Steam Beer uh, a couple weeks back about how they were going out of business. They were shutting everything down. Sapporo says, can't make any money. We've been losing money. We're shutting them down. Now, um, apparently, they are willing to consider a takeover by employees. The company that described itself as the nation's first craft brewery said over two weeks ago it had stopped brewing filing for bankruptcy, as we mentioned, because of declining sales. However, spokesman Sam Singer said uh, as the Saturday before last, If employees come through with an offer to purchase the company, they would be receptive to it. They said, we have received an email from Anchor's union spokesperson stating that the workers of Anchor Brewing have met, discussed, and decided to launch an effort to purchase the brewery. This inquiry was on behalf of an unidentified group of Anchor employees, not the union itself. Given our deep respect for the Anchor Union and our team members, should our employees put forward a bona fide, legally binding offer to buy the company, one that includes a verifiable source of funds, we would gladly consider it. While the company is interested in an employee takeover, time is running short. He said Anchor is moving forward with plans to file for bankruptcy through Chapter 7 liquidation or Chapter 11 reorganization. Um, They did give their employees 60 days notice of their closing would provide transition support and separation packages. Um, This is interesting. I wonder if they're going to be able to raise the money. Now, in addition, Mike Walsh, who's a serial financial investor in more than 200 companies and lives around the corner from the brewery, told the San Francisco Chronicle he's reached out to potential investors and said that almost 30 would be interested in joining with him to present an offer. A quote from him, he said, I definitely have enough interest and access to capital to put a competitive offer in so we could buy it. It's been pretty exciting, actually pretty emotional, too. I wasn't expecting to have this outpouring of interest and just an uh, an emotion from a variety of people. Now, Narragansett Brewing, President Mark Heldrung has also launched a petition to save anchor. I'm wondering if one of these three um, entities, people, will put together an offer uh, to save the brewery, but really, the bottom line is this, and i 'll make this brief if they do intend to save the brewery, are they going to change because let 's face it, if they keep things the way they are, anchor is going to run out of is going to be out of business again. You have to change with the times i'm not saying you have to get rid of anchor steam beer i 'm not saying you have to get rid of the California common, but you have to make other things that people want to buy, that people want to drink so It remains to be seen, if it does indeed get purchased by somebody else, will they keep the company the way it is, or will they change things to benefit them to make money? You would hope that they would do that and put the company in the right direction, if it indeed is sold to somebody else and remains open. We shall see. We will keep you updated. Our good friends from the New York City Brewers Guild, uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Blocktoberfest is Saturday, September 30th in Industry City. It's uh, 1 to 5 p.m., VIP starts, at noon. Um, The early entry tickets for VIP right now, noon to five, they're on sale, $85. Early bird general admission, there are a limited number of discounted tickets for those who order early. That's $45. That's available until mid-August or is sold out. General admission after that will be uh, from 1 to 5 p.m., $50. So it goes up five bucks uh, if you don't get in on it before those tickets sell out. That's available until September 22nd or it's sold out. And then the week prior to the event, Ticket price increases to $60. It's all New York City breweries. There's nobody from out of state. It's just New York City. Um, Also, for non-beer drinkers, they have two local sake makers joining as members. Subject to change, scheduled beverage list will appear on their Instagram stories highlight uh, and to be posted on their website uh, 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 as follows. Uh, Food options on site as well uh, as a DJ for entertainment. The Industry City is a great spot. In fact... I believe it's February 24th uh, will be the kickoff for uh, New York City Beer Week. And that will also be held in Industry City. Can't wait for that. Uh, But this is great. 18th Ward, Alewife will be there. Five Boroughs, Flagship, uh, Inner Borough, Killsborough will be there. Keg and Lantern, uh, Other Half, Randolph, Rockaway, Single Cut, Six Point, Strong Rope, Wild East, Torch and Crown, Threes, Talea, Brooklyn Brewery, uh, Circa Brewing, Coney Island. They're all going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Uh, It's an awesome event. If I didn't have something in Camden that day for our just uh, our Made in Jersey event, I would be at this event. It is fantastic in Industry City, a great place to hang and drink. There's so many different shops and food options. It's an awesome little place to go. Uh non-alcoholic beer maker Athletic Brewing releasing a closer closer by the mile IPA for the fourth consecutive year. 100% of the profits Go to Cancer Research and Treatment at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. Closer by the Mile is brewed in collaboration with the Panmass Challenge Bikeathon to raise money for Dana-Farber, the beer available at athleticbrewing.com. They have raised more than $100,000 uh, in profits, or they've donated more than $100,000 in profits from the sale of Closer by the Mile, which is an award-winning non-alcoholic IPA brewed in honor of those who pedal across Massachusetts every August in a quest to help defeat cancer. That is pretty cool. Finally, South Carolinans can now take home more of their favorite craft beer on their next trip to the brewery. Part of a new state law uh, that could help expand the craft beer business in South Carolina. It's always nice when the governor and the legislature get together to actually do things that benefit brewers. Unlike New Jersey where the legislature unanimously got together and yet Governor Murphy refuses to sign the bill. Phil, why? Why have you refused to sign it? Uh, it, it you... You're hurting a segment of small business. Anyway, the South Carolina Brewers Guild says the South Carolina Craft Beer Economic Development Act ushers in the most substantial changes to the state's craft beer laws in many years. First part of the new law affects how much beer you can take home daily from craft breweries in the state. Before the legislation, adults 21 and older were limited to 288 ounces, the equivalent of one case of 12-ounce cans. It's now expanded to 864 ounces, which is the equivalent of three cases of 12-ounce cans or two cases of 16-ounce cans along with smaller 661-ounce kegs, which are Sixtals. So, North Carolina doesn't have any limit on how much beer adults can take home each day from the breweries. South Carolina brewers say upping the limit in the state will allow them to better compete, and especially in parts of the state that border North Carolina. So, you couldn't even buy a still in South Carolina to bring home. Let's say you have a kegerator. You couldn't bring a still home uh, of beer from your favorite craft brewery. Wasn't allowed. Wasn't legal. Now it's legal. The second change in the law allows breweries with multiple liked-owned locations to transfer products more easily from one to the other without needing to first sell it to a wholesaler and then buy it back as they were required to do before. This practice, which is called bonded transfer, was already allowed in three dozen other states, but illegal in South Carolina before May when the governor signed the new law. Now, there was bipartisan support within the General Assembly for loosening these restrictions around the craft beer industry with the legislation passing both chambers at the state house earlier this year. Just one vote against it on the floor. Kudos to South Carolina, the legislators and the governor, for coming up with this, passing it, and allowing it to happen. That's important. Folks, when everybody is working together, it makes things so much easier. This is my whole point with New Jersey. I don't understand how the legislature, completely on board, both sides, Assembly, Senate, all of them pass it unanimously. And you have a governor who is looking to manipulate to his advantage. Um, he has no skin in the game, the governor. He can't run for office again. He's term limited. He is putting his mark on this for what reason, I don't know why. He already has bad publicity. Why would you want to continue it? This is something that can make you a hero within the craft beer industry. I'm hearing before August 15th he's going he's gonna to veto the bill. If he does that, that's a bad sign. And you know what? You can write to your your, your governor, if you live in the state of New Jersey, Write to him, be polite, ask him to pass this bill. Ask him to say, not pass it, sign it. He should sign it. He's hurting a segment of New Jersey in small business that a billion dollars a year in tax revenue goes to the state. We're seeing breweries in New Jersey going out of business. We're seeing breweries around the country going out of business. Why are you jeopardizing that, Governor Murphy? I don't understand why. You're not going to get what you want. Yes, liquor law license laws need to change. You're not going to get it this year. I just don't see them in six weeks uh, being able to turn things around and pass a bill that's going to satisfy you. Bottom line, sign the bill, Phil. When we come back after a short break, Pua Alan, the founder of Beer to National, will join me on the program. This is the Algatullo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Of course, you can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo. that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. We're also on that new thing called Threads that all the kids are doing, uh, which is uh, also Gattulo, dot Facebook.com, slash, AG Craft Beer Cast. iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Alexa Ready, we're on iHeart. We're all over the place, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network, hoppedupnetwork.com. You can download and listen to the show in its entirety. Uh, Just a couple minutes after the live broadcast ends on Sunday nights, you can download and listen to the whole show whenever you want. Now, my guest tonight, she's the founder of Beer to National, uh, in which this amazing woman secures contract brewing deals for international breweries to have their beer brewed and sold in the United States. For more info, just head over to Beer to So it's like international but beerinfrontofit.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, but it's not the first time that I've met her, uh, Pua Alan, Pua, so good to chat with you. How are you?
1: Hi, Al. Great, great. Thank you. How are you? Um,
0: I'm, I'm doing well. Now, I have to ask to, to, to start off, how did you start how did, or how did you create uh, Beer to National?
1: Um, so I worked in the beer industry in Israel where I'm from for, for many years. I knew I wanted to do something with international sales. Um, and when my husband and I relocated to Boston eight years ago, um, I thought of importing Israeli beers to the U.S., um, Israeli craft beers. Um, and then I realized that it's just going to be very, very, um, you know, logistics, very complicated and very, very, um, Pricey I would have to, to sell the beers, the Israeli beers, are very you know at a very high price. And I thought, why instead of importing the beers and practically ship ninety five percent water um, across the world, why not uh, producing the beers locally? So that's when we, um, you know, we thought about the idea. We came up with the name uh, Beer International. And then I thought, why limit myself to Israeli beers? This could be a platform for international craft breweries, uh, for for people from all over the world uh, to brew and sell their beers here. And then five minutes later, I called Mayra from Japas. She's my longtime friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew about her project in Brazil um, with Japas. And I asked her if if she want me to, you know, if she will talk to to the rest of the team and, and and if they would want me to represent them. And they said yes, and uh, yeah, that's how we started, almost uh, four and a half years ago.
0: So it was a a little bit of a seed to try and bring beers internationally over to this country. You realized that the cost of doing that would be so expensive that it would be cost prohibitive to you, and then you decided, hey, if we can brew the same beer in America, the, the same beer that's being brewed in Europe or Brazil or wherever the case may be, and bring it, we can do it a little bit cheaper And be able to you know to build something off of this, and then having a friendship with a with with the ladies from Japaservazaria, that you know that was the catalyst that got everything going. I I, listen. I you want to talk about stories that are made in America, right? You you come to America, everybody says (laughs) America is the land where you can do anything if you have the will and the drive. It doesn't matter what you want to be, you can do it. And just out of that little idea, you were able to do it. Now I I have to ask uh, Apua. (laughs) Uh creating all of this, putting it together, how did you yeah. convince the brewery themselves, the contract brewer who's actually uh brewing the beer for the international company to come on board uh, to brew someone else's beer, not only not just from another part of a state, but in another country. Was that a difficult sell for them? Um,
1: actually, no, it was it was it made sense because first um some of the breweries I work with they're you know, what we call like gypsy brewers. So they don't have their own brewery in their, in their countries where they're, you know, working at. Right. So it makes sense, you know, if you contract brew, you can con- contract brew everywhere. Mm. So that was the first, the first thing. But also, um yeah, again, I mean, it just, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and and that's pretty much was the only way that, you know, they could sell or they could have their beers here in the U.S. because otherwise again the price you know the price was such a barrier uh that just you know they they couldn't have their beers here anyway that was pretty much the only way um and then yeah when yeah
0: no no i i and you know and it's not only the price but it's different laws you're dealing with different countries and what the exchange rate is of whatever to ship something from one place to another and whatever so again it becomes cost prohibitive so that's that that's amazing that you were able to do that and put that together. We're talking with the founder of Beer to National, uh, Pua Alan. She secures contract brewing deals for international breweries to have their beer brewed and sold right here in the United States. Uh, more info at BeerToNational.com. dot com. We're here on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy The Answer. So the ladies from Japas, along with the others that you uh, breweries that you represent, they source ingredients that aren't usually found here in America. How challenging is it? for you to obtain those ingredients from around the world and get them here to America.
1: Right. Yes. No, this is sometimes this could be, you know, extremely challenging. um, Especially when, yeah, let's let's say it's a beer with a miso paste or, and you know, it's, it's a lot I need to find. And it's, it's a huge quantity. So, or yuzu juice or a lot of, you know, things that are, Yeah, this is pretty challenging. I have to do a research. I have to find, you know, different candidates. I need to get the, the, you know, the spec, the specs and make sure that this is as close as possible to what they have or what they use, um, you know, wherever they, they are, um, whether in Brazil or in Israel or in Norway. Um, so this part is, yes, it's, it's pretty challenging. Um, but you know, we, we work, we, we work on that, you know, for months in advance. We, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to adjust, uh, you know, starting the label with the label and then with the ingredients. And so, so yeah, there's a lot of work, but still, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's so much better than, you know, wasting your time on shipping or, you know, like the, all the, all the things that I would have, I would have dealt with you know, if I I was importing
0: it. Right. That would have given you a migraine no matter what if you were trying to to deal with all those logistical (laughs) challenges. Now, you mentioned this early on on uh, on how you got started with all of this. You worked, when you moved here to America, you worked for a period early on at Samuel Adams. What did that experience teach you that you've applied to your own company moving forward? That's
1: a great question. I mean, I, I... Definitely, you know, I saw that there was, so at Sam Adams, I worked at the Visitor Center and I was conducting tours and in every tour, I, I, you know, I I took a minute to explain, you know, who am I and that I'm from Israel and about the craft, the craft beer industry and the revolution, you know, that Jim Cook was, you know, and is one of, you know, its founders or its, sure. its, its godfathers. So right. so it was important for me to say, and I saw that people really, you know, they got, they were really interested and it was it was interesting to them to hear about Israel that it has you know this that it, it has beer industry or craft beer industry so i think that really you know helped me with with realizing that yeah maybe i should do something about you know introducing israeli beers to the market mm. to here and just not doing it in the you know by importing, so yeah. just just work on a different way.
0: Because Pua, you know, you mentioned it. There, there is a robust beer community in Israel that a lot of people may not know about, and obviously, it's very It's almost like. The infancy of craft beer in this country in the in the 70s and 80s, a lot of people didn't know that there was all of this European beer that had been sitting for so long, you know, being made in Europe but not being brought over to America. Most people right. grew up with Budweiser or Coors or Peels or Schmitz or, you know, these old school brands uh, that, that right. they grew up with and had no idea that there was a variety of other brands. And yet you growing up in Israel – knowing that yeah there's there's so much other stuff here that you you guys don't know about and we're trying to we're trying to bring to another country so it's great that that sort of you know signaled in your head hey look you know what we can do this this is something uh that we can do here now my, go, I, go ahead you wanted to respond to that
1: no i i i think yeah i think it's absolutely right and and just you know the the fact that this this beer revolution you know just got everywhere in the world this I find amazing um and 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 the fact that they're you know that I'm I'm able to introduce now beers that you know that are so unique and different uh from different countries I I this is what I you know proud most of uh, and what I you know what really brings me joy
0: Right, and and finally, my last question before we run out of time here at PUA, and we're talking with PUA Alon, the founder of Beer to National. She secures contract brewing deals for international breweries to have their beer brewed and sold right here in the United States. Uh, beer to dot com is the website for more information. How difficult is it to find distributors uh, across the U.S. to take on and sell? Um, an international beer that is technically not made in their home country—is it an easy sell for some of these people, or is it a, a difficult sell to get uh, to get your foot in the door to sell a beer like Japas Um
1: Most of the time, it's—I mean, it's definitely not easy, but uh, and it could definitely be challenging sometimes. But I must say, because it's a bit different, because I'm, you know, Japas, for example. Uh, or the other you know the other great brands i represent it it's just different than another uh you know american craft brewery with all due respect and i love i love it but it's and, and many times we get um inquiries from distributors who just saw or heard or you know they want to see and try um uh those brands you know from those different places mm-hmm. um yeah such as Brazil or Norway or Israel, so it's definitely not you know um, it's 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 work you know it's it's a sure. lot of work but uh but because it's something unique and different, I feel um that we definitely you know there's there's an advantage there um, not necessarily you know other breweries they have a huge advantage of locality right. which we don't have. Even when where we you know in the states where we brew the beers at, but but definitely you know there's there's a, a potential to to sell well in all fifty states. Wow. Um, so that's that's great.
0: So so listen, that's the goal, and you know what, my guest has been Pua Alan, the founder of Beer to National. <laughs> it's it's a it's a you know part of this show that I tell people all the time. It's all it's about small business. And small business being the lifeblood of America. But it's also about that American dream that everybody has. They come to this country. They say, I, I want right. to come here because I wanna I wanna you know earn a great living. I wanna work hard and I wanna have, you know, that house and the you know, and the lawn and whatever, and the car and this and that and whatever. But I want some financial security and I want stability and I wanna be happy. And they come to this country and what's what's wonderful about it is that anybody at any time can come to this country and make something of themselves and be a success. And Pua, you're doing that, and I love it. It's such a great great American story. I I love it. It warms my heart. This is is my favorite part of doing these interviews. My guest has been Pua Alon, the founder of Beer to National. She secures contract brewing deals for international breweries to have their beer brewed and sold in the United States. More info at BeerToNational.com. Pua, so great to chat with you. Thanks so much for giving me a few minutes tonight. I really Thank do appreciate
1: you. it. You're, Thank you, Al. Great, great to be with you. Thank you. You got it.
0: Up next, it's time for suds and duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970. The answer a little rush and time stands still. A song that featured um, Amy Mann uh, doing the vocals. She was also in the video uh, as well. Uh, Not a. well-regarded Rush album in the 80s from uh, Hold Your Fire, released uh, back in 1987. However, first time I saw Rush in concert at Madison Square Garden uh, was this particular album. And um, yeah, it was sort of the last of the um, synthesized sort of, um, you know, Rush version of the 80s. Um, And then because after that was Roll the Bones, uh, and that got a little heavier, and then presto, Went really back to being uh, much heavier uh, with Rush. But I didn't mind Hold Your Fire. Maybe a little too synthy, a little too poppy. Um, but the video was cool of uh, time stands still. They're just kind of floating around. And I think it might be the last video that Neil, uh, Neil Peart was not wearing his head covering. I think. Pretty sure about that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rush fans. Love Rush. What a great band. Just uh, just a shame. Uh, and, and I'm hearing rumors that Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson are going to get together next year for sort of the 50th anniversary of, uh, or 55th or whatever it is. I, I don't know, something of the debut album. I, I don't know. But that's that's what I'm hearing. Who knows if it's actually going to happen. Uh, we shall see. Let's dive into Suds and Duds. Don't have a lot of time here in this final segment. Uh, and I can't thank Pua Alan enough uh, for coming on the program Um she was a little nervous doing the interview, uh but she did great it's just a, just what a wonderful story uh of a dream and sort of capturing it and figuring it out, piecing it together, coming here to america and and achieving that dream or the beginnings of that dream right She hasn't gotten to the top yet, but she's getting there right um so it's uh it's cool it's cool all right let's dive into some uh some beers here so I was at Twin Elephant. Uh, a couple weeks back and then went back again the week after uh with uh, my best friend we decided to meet up for beers and uh you know we just we mutually agreed on an elephant cuz it's uh, close to both of us so uh started off with a wolf House. what a great beer um again another great lager and you know don't hate on the lagers this summer is a perfect time for a lager you know kick back relax low abv uh sort of sip it slow kind of uh, really get into it like the crew um that's another great beer. It's just another one of those you kind of just you know, it ha- it's got all those components that you want. The breadiness. It's just it's delicious. It's definitely something uh that is worth your time. You definitely want to drink these beers. Um I know they got a, a new black lager out now, um, a Schwartz beer, and um uh, hopefully at some point I get to check that out. And then my buddy decided to have a battle him, so I joined them in it. That's a great beer for for a lower ABV um pale ale it sort of goes into the I don't want to say hazy IPA cuz it's not juicy cuz it's got bite to it it's got you know it it has all the characteristics and looks of a hazy right but it's got that that bite that a lot of people like on an IPA and i find myself i'm like i'm happier seeing people doing um West Coast IPAs because I think it's great, um, but sometimes you just want something that you know sort of reminds you of a hazy, but it has a little bit of a bite. Battle him as that beer. Um, the the good folks from Bolero uh, did a my buck that they called my buck and it won an award uh, at the American Beer Awards. Uh, what a banging smooth hellas lager. Just a great beer. Can understand exactly why it won an award. Uh, I am glad I picked up a four pack of this when I was at Bolero. Uh, a few weeks back, definitely a beer uh, worth drinking. And then Explorable, Fortune and Glory, sort of a uh, a twist on Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, and the whole Indiana Jones series. Just a banging hazy. Um, really nice, goes down smooth, uh, delicious. You know, the guys from Bolero, they always do a great job. There's, there's never there's never a moment where they don't do a great job. Um, hazy Squall, this is the new one from Dogfish Head. Um I got sent a couple of 12-ounce cans of this. Uh, it's a solid, easy drink and hazy. And I love that it's in a 12-ounce can. I love that it's an option in a 12-ounce can. I, you know, we've talked about this before. And I, and I understand why breweries put beers in 16-ounce cans. Um, it, four packs are easier to transport, et cetera, et cetera. But I always seem to find that... Um, that last four ounces of that beer seems to get warm because you're, you're you're sipping, 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 whether you're drinking it in the can, whether you're pouring it into a glass, that last four ounces always seems to sort of get warm, right? Even no matter what, even if you have a glass that fits the whole 16 ounces, um, it is definitely something uh, that, you know, I like sometimes when uh, there's um, beers in a 12-ounce form. It's just easier. It's easier to drink. I like it. I like the fact that um, Bird's Mouth uh, does all their lagers, and it's 12-ounce cans. I don't think I saw a 16-ounce can in there, which I think is fantastic. Um, sometimes you need that. What can I say? And then finally finished it off with the Gathering Clouds uh, by Twin Elephant. This is like a whole Twin Elephant um, review this week because there weren't many beers outside of Twin Elephant. Always a fantastic IPA. Uh, I- I'm never disappointed by the folks from Twin Elephant. They do a great job. Um Solid beers uh, it's a great little place. They have some outdoor seating. Yes, there is some shade, but look it's the summertime. It gets hot. What are you gonna do? Uh, this is what you have to this is what you have to deal with. Believe me, it was hot this past weekend. Uh, we had uh, you know ninety degrees Thursday Friday, uh, Saturday at um, a pizza party, which I'll review next week. Uh, it was a hot day, but it, you know this is what happens at the end of July as you get into the dog days of summer. Uh, and coming up to August, hard to believe uh, August 1st uh, is around the corner. So, you know, what What can you, you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is because people are going to be complaining very soon that it's getting too cold, that winter is coming. And, you know, we got very spoiled on the East Coast uh, with uh, not uh, barely any measurable snow uh, in the New York City area. That's why I think this coming winter, is probably going to be brutal uh where there's I, I guarantee you we're gonna get a snowstorm where there's a couple of feet of snow and and no way to get out of the house. So that's um not uh a good thing. And uh what can you do there? Uh my thanks to everybody involved in the show, including my guest Pua Alan, uh the founder of uh Beer National. Uh she's she's doing a great job uh representing the women from uh Japasavasaria She's representing a brewery in Norway. Uh, She's representing all these different breweries. And I think what a great concept. Because we we talk about gypsy brewers. We talk about how people, you know, like, I mean, for instance, in New Jersey, you've got Coastal Brew Works. They're gypsy brewing all over the place. Bolero is making the majority of their beer. But, you know, they're bouncing around to other places. And it's tough to find that sort of niche to get into the right spot to, to have that stride. Like, the guys at Coastal know the guys at Bolero. And, you know, you're hitting your stride. In terms of uh making your beer, but not having complete control over some things, that can be problematic, but Pua smooths all of that out and being able to find those ingredients that they need for those beers, and she's you know curating all of that that's pretty awesome so it's a great story um if there's anybody out there who's listening uh in the beer world who's looking to get some of these beers in their city and you work with a distributor uh follow beer to national. Uh, they will be in touch with you, and uh, you will uh, you will be you will be for the better. Let's put it that way. You will be for the better, and you'll be helping out a small business, which is what this show is all about. And of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson back on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at six a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Cheers, everybody